The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come on four. Down to the strike. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burris here along with my co-host, Justin Prince, our Backup producer, of course, here today is Wayne Owens here helping us out today. And Justin, we have a very great guest joining us today. He's a competitor in the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series. He has the best average, one of the best average starts and the best average finish after five weeks of competition. He's already collected four wins. Driver for, of course, Legacy Esports, Dalton Collins, will be joining us later on in the show. And Dalton Collins, keep in mind, has been one of the drivers who have been the most consistent this season inside the top 10 just about every single round of the campaign when it comes to eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series competition so far in its respective splits. And in turn, it's put him in a great position, Taylor, as well as many of his fellow Technical Alliance mates, to be in the conversation to potentially fight for the title once the drop week is factored in, let alone to get themselves inside the top 70. A massive improvement from their respective camp, I will say, especially with drivers like Dalton Collins. It certainly is after some many seasons of trying to get into that top 20 for a while and into the first round. Of course, they were able to make it through, but to make it into the second round, that's going to be the question of answer. We'll find out here later on this evening or this episode with Dalton when he joins us a little later. But as we wait for Dalton, we're going to go ahead and go over the news of the week in the world of iRacing and breaking news just announced earlier today. As a matter of fact, a new circuit will be joining the iRacing plethora of racing circuits on the service as Circuit de Nevers Magnicours joins the iRacing circuit, home, of course, to the former French Grand Prix and current round in the GT World Challenge Europe competition, a circuit that a lot of people were surprised to hear about when it was made announced today. And just, I mean, this is just a great opportunity for iRacing to continue their partnerships to maybe get a little bit more into European tracks. And of course, you know, Magni Cours is a well-renowned French circuit, but a lot of people also now wondering, could this open the door for other French circuits since, like, uh, I don't know, Paul Ricard or even more opportunities? A lot to consider when it comes to that side, but I find it really intriguing, this respective circuit, because it's a track with plenty of history and would be, of course, on top of a certain track in the countryside. The, tr- the service's first foray to France in a long time, and I think it's important to be able to add more representation globally in multiple different countries, mind you, not just those with the rise of North America as well as maybe Australia. But when it comes to this respective racetrack, it brings a little bit something different because it's driven in in real world, of course, when it comes to road course racing nationally, internationally, and also in motorcycle competitions. But it's one that does have history of holding specific Grand Prix at the international level that I think is one of the main selling points to why a track such as this should be on the circuit, especially in its current form. 
It certainly does. Of course, not only did it hold Formula One races, but it also held World Touring Car Championship events for both French and the entire World Championship. Also held World Sports Car Championship for two years in 91 and 92. And also even the FIA GT World Championship and GP2 Racing. So a plethora of different forms of motorsports went to compete at this circuit. And of course, you know, when you have someone such as, I don't know, Michael Schumacher, who holds the fastest lap record at that circuit with under a minute or around a minute 15, it just shows that this track is going to be an absolute fun racing series to watch or any car you take out onto the circuit. But we'll have to see what else will be able to come when they make the announcement of when it will be released. Of course, it's been no determined date just yet, but it is said that it will be announced and released in 2022. So in other news, though, we have to also talk a little bit about the Skip Barber Formula I Racing Series. They were back in action at Road America for their next round of the championship. And as we know, it was none other than Mikel Gade who take home the two race wins, beating both, of course, Deegan Fairclaw and Bruno Carnero, who were able to come home in second in race one and two. But a very strong run for Mikel in this championship. Gelgard absolutely has been continuously been one of the top contenders ranked from the get-go. And in that respective race, keep in mind, in the first of the two, it was Elvis Rankin, once again, his biggest competition in the championship, who set the fastest time. But of course, it ended up having some struggles in the end when it comes to the factoring in of what happened to Elvis Rankin. He dropped to 11th by the end of the race after how things fared out in that respective round. But I think Miguel in particular really set the stage to be able to run off and away because with the driver's two worst events being dropped in the standings, it's a fairly significant advantage. 207 now for Miguel Gard compared to the 179 of Elvis Rankin. In our words, as long as things continue on, things are going to be clean. That's the major thing. Keep in mind, 70 points online per event, so there's a chance that Miguel could potentially mathematically lock with how things could fare out by towards the end of this respective series. And of course, the season will conclude actually this weekend on April 24th of 2022 at Sunday at three o'clock where they round out the championship at Sebring International Raceway. Of course, right now, if you are interested in wanting to compete in this championship, at least maybe not maybe win the championship, but there's still some other great prizes. We talked to, of course, the marketing director over at Skip Barber Racing School, Bobby Crook, a couple of weeks ago, and they said they have some special prizes for those who set the fastest laps in each of these time trials, as well as the most laps in these time trial events. They have some special giveaways at skip barber for these competitors so if you want to go have a shot go and try it out as soon as possible of course at sebring with these formula four cars it is absolutely a blast to drive on that circuit personally i've done it myself and it's always fun to drive yeah i love when it comes to that respective racetrack how the action can go when it comes to sebring because it's one that is very bumpy but it's also one that yes there's very quick sections of the circuit but with that run to the Omen straight towards Sunset in particular, it really tests drivers' abilities to be able to confidently send into a corner possibly for a pass and or their patience levels in said passes, as well as the heartbreaking zones such as the run up by the hotel. So I think it's going to be a track where attrition likely may play a factor, obviously, Taylor, because of how tight the circuit is. But it's one where if you want to be able to close it out and be able to earn yourself the top st spot in the standings, Keep it clean. You can do it. 
You certainly can, and you can catch all the action on iRacing streaming services 3 o'clock on Sunday to see the season finale of the Skip Barber Formula iRacing series and see who is crowned champion and gets the shot to compete in the Skip Barber Formula series later on this year with $500,000 on the line. It is going to be a championship worth keeping an eye on. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we sit down with our guest of the week, driver for Legacy Esports and current competitor in the eNASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, Dalton Collins. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Taylor Burris, along with the producer today, and Wayne Owens with you as we continue our discussions and what's been a very busy time for anyone involved in iRacing, especially those looking to make their way through the road to the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. The eNASCAR Roads Pro Qualifying iRacing Series and its first round has had plenty of ups and downs, but many teams have really risen to the occasion. One of the drivers who has really risen through the standings, fifth without the drops in the point standings, and currently top 10 calculated with the drop factored in per various calculations available to the community. Dalton Collins now joins us from Bobby Dale Earner's Legacy Esports. Dalton, massive difference compared to 2021. Crazy 2022 for you, where you have been nearly dominant from the onset. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, 2021 was definitely a struggle for sure. Uh, you know, first and second round. Uh, just really trying to, you know, get used to the test and really uh, just putting in the laps and really, which I didn't do uh, a lot compared to this year. Um, just really, uh, you know, just trying to go in there without any practice, you know, as, as much as I have this year, you know, compared, but, uh, you know, it just didn't work, um, you know, not putting in enough laps, not, you know, preparing enough, um, you know, just getting used to uh, trying to be out front, really. I mean, that dirty air is so bad now, um, just trying to, you know, be in front of that and, you know, qualifying is more important now uh, than ever. And uh, we said a lot now in the Coke series where, guys really have good in cars and you know can't really show for it because of you know something invisible that they can't see <laughs> so um yeah i mean definitely a big turnaround uh everybody at legacy legacy sports has a really good truck program uh pro program with the xfinity car uh that showed a lot last year in round two and in pro um so yeah i mean uh the truck's been really fast uh ever since daytona uh winning there in my split and then uh second at vegas by just a few inches really and uh, gave that away, and then all of a sudden, man, just three in a row now. So uh, I think it was Atlanta, Richmond, and now Bristol. So, um, yeah, man, the trucks are fast, and uh, it's really, really fun. It's been really intriguing to see how the campaign's been going in terms of the point side because you have the best average finish out of anybody in any split, mind you, right now. 1.2 with how you've performed. Your worst finish second at Las Vegas. Talk us through what the racing's been like in your respective splits, whether because based on the projections, it's been around the fourth to sixth. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, about fourth to yeah sixth. I'd say was the lowest. I think I was at uh, maybe uh, I think Atlanta or Richmond or one of those. But uh, yeah, trying to get the ironing up for you know the end of this round to go into the second, just to get used to the higher competition stuff. But yeah, just the way you can manipulate the system now with round one uh, is very interesting you can uh, just get a lot of points really easily compared to what you would and then uh, you know higher splits and you know it can hurt you but 
um, you know, getting locked in is really the, the you know, most important thing. So whatever you got to do to do that. And, you know, like I said, testing and just putting in the laps is really important. So, I mean, it's, it's helped a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said, just be in front of that dirty air, man, if you're not, if you're not up there enough, I mean, you, it's, it's really hard to, you know, get your truck to do what you want to do, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been great so far. Keep in mind, you haven't started any of the races with the clean air, so to speak, as the pole sitter. Your average start is about 9.8. What's been that flow to get yourself towards the front, to get yourself to the clean air, to where by the end you're taking that checkered flag? Uh, I think, you know, just being, uh, you know, if you qualify maybe 8th to 12th, I think uh, as the seasons went on, I think I figured out that, you know, the closer you are, whether, you know, you're on the pole or not, uh, the air can seem, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's going to sound weird, but, uh, it can also, uh, seem like, you know, the air can be really thin up there, if that makes sense. Uh, it's not as bad. Um, but, uh, just, you know, putting in more qualifying laps than I have been race trim, uh, has been really key, I think. Um, but yeah, man, if you're not up there, um, you know, about maybe six or so up there, I mean, it's, it's really hard to make up time. It certainly has been, but overall, you've been able to surpass a lot of drivers in the championship for this season in the Road to Pro. I mean, going up against some of the defending top 20 competitors from the previous season and surpassing them, you, along with, of course, one of your teammates, Christopher Hill. What do you think has been the difference? You mentioned, of course, the hard work and testing that you've been able to do this season compared to previous ones. But what do you think has been the big difference this season for you and compared to 2021? Um, I think just getting in there and kind of figuring out what the car is doing, uh, as far as, you know, the garage and just kind of understanding things more trying to, um, you know, appreciate the time that goes in. I mean, there's, there's so many hours that these guys put in. Chris has been a huge help, um, with the, with the trucks, uh, Randall, who I think is one of the best in the trucks when it comes to building, um, you know, Boyd's been running exceptionally well. Uh, Chris is up there. I think, um, you know, McKissick has won a couple races and, uh, yeah, just um, just trying to put in the you know the time. I mean, there's there's so many teams I see where you know they either have trouble in the season where they fall apart and you know something goes wrong. I mean, you, like you got to have a lot of people. Um, you know, everybody's got to do everything right. I mean, we all have to get along and um, you know put work into this. We got to chase checkers and not you know anything else. So um, just really trying to you know focus on that only. Uh, just win, win, win at all costs. So. Um, yeah, just, just putting in the hours upon hours and, you know, Chris is just a, a scientist when it comes to, especially the trucks, uh, re really, really smart guy, but, um, yeah, just put, putting in the work, man, just putting in the work. And I don't think a lot of people do that like us and I'll say that against anybody. Well, we still have three rounds left in this round one of the qualifying series. We have Dover, Kansas, and the Charlotte Motor Speedway will be the season finale for round number one. Do you think we could possibly see you continuing this trend where you will have the, one of the strongest average finishes out of the field? I mean, four wins out of five starts, that's no pretty much nobody inside the top 70 has that many wins this season at all for round one. You think we continue that trend all the way into round two? Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, you know, first off, round two is going to be tough. I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not a road course racer by any means, so I've I've never even done a lap at Mid Ohio. So uh, going into that, it's going to be very challenging. Uh, Dover, it's uh, the surface is very similar to Nashville and Bristol, you know, places like that. So it's very uh, it's very tough for me. I don't really enjoy Br or uh, Dover that that much. Uh, definitely Kansas and Charlotte. I'm definitely looking at those for uh, more more wins, but. 
yeah i mean there, there's a chance i mean these these trucks are so fast i mean i can't i can't express that enough I and mean, these these things are just really really good over here but um yeah i mean as far as i know i, I think uh we did the did the math on it uh i think all i gotta do is uh, i think maybe a top 15 would lock me in so i mean going into kansas and charlotte it's it's just going for wins at that point but yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think, uh, you know, after Vegas, I don't know if it just made me mad <laughs> that I lost that race, but I uh, lost it by inches. And if I didn't lose that, I'd be undefeated. So, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's definitely been a been a, a high for sure. I mean, right after that race, winning three in a row and now looking at four to maybe six if I can pull it off. But I mean, that's that's easier said than done. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, just uh, just kind of take it one race at a time. Certainly have to take a one race at a time, Dalton. But of course, you know, you've been on the iRacing service for quite some time, you know, been in competing across many different platforms, but you also have yourself fancy to be also one of the top dirt racers in the business as well, as you picked up a couple of season championships across the dirt racing and of course also the All-American Esports 400 winner back in 2020. Uh, what's made you want to get involved with iRacing since joining back in 2012? Uh, just really the competition, man. Uh, and this is going to sound weird, but, uh, I, I compare this to like when I played football or, you know, baseball or, you know, something like that, the competition is just up there. I mean, we're all trying to, you know, win. Um, and this isn't easy, but, um, I, you know, I started off in, you know, playing the old NASCAR games when I was a kid, you know, um, my favorites are 2004, five, six, uh, NASCAR games played those and was really looking for something that, uh, you know, had that that big stage feel, but also kind of video game-ish, if that makes sense. But, uh, I mean, here it's just, I fell in love with it, and I love to race. I mean, I don't want to sound like a Kyle Larson or anything or try to, you know, compare me to that or, you know, anybody like that, but I just love to race. I mean, you look at my stats, I mean, I'm racing almost a 1,000 races a year between asphalt and dirt. I mean, you know, there, there's guys on my team that'll go play other games and stuff, which is cool. I mean, that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, when you love something, I mean, it's, it's really fun to do. I, I just love to go race and have a good time. I mean, yeah, like the dirt stuff, I've uh, picked up on that a little bit. I've uh, really enjoyed the sprint cars. Uh, really, I'm a big fan of those. I didn't really start following dirt until about 2018. I didn't know anything about, like, the Knoxville Nationals, none of that. So I didn't know anything about that. Um, but, I mean, these things on here, they're just like big high-horsepower go-karts in a way to me, but they're so easy to work on, so fun. I've uh, been running a lot of that. Uh, yeah, the Supers, too. I've come from a background on here of running a lot of short tracks. Grew up, you know, at the Nashville Fairgrounds uh, watching guys like Sterling Marlin, Willie Allen, uh, you know, guys come back, you know, Bobby Hamilton. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, watching guys go to NASCAR, come back and run. I, I was always a fan of that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had fun in the Supers. Uh, won a championship in 2018. Uh, won the All-American. And then, you know, I've been passionate about my dirt racing here lately. So, yeah, I just run a single car uh, or single guy team, I guess you'd say, with me and uh, my buddy Kurt Quist, uh, running a you know DCR entry everywhere we go, uh, whether it be official leagues, whatever. Uh, just trying to give back, really. It's really the fun thing about it. Uh, just watching people win when you put them in rods, it's uh, really really cool. It certainly is. I mean, l looking at your career stats, over 6,000 starts on the oval side alone, and you've picked up 1,200 wins, 4,000 top fives, 800 poles, an average finish of six. Same thing with your dirt side. You know, you've picked up 1,100 starts, 86 of those turned into win, 480 top fives. Just a strong overall performance. And, you know, we look ahead to 2023, and do you see yourself being one of those future eNASCAR competitors next year? 
I certainly hope so. I mean, you know, like I said, this this stuff isn't easy, and uh, you know, I would I would like uh, you know, hopefully uh, one day we'll have you know a, a pro series for you know or a DWC series, if you will, for for each of them. Uh, you know, the Coke series and you know the uh, Xfinity and trucks. I mean, I, I really love the trucks. I mean, honestly, if it were up to me, I'd love to run these things just every year and be happy with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be there uh, running the, the Coke stuff. Uh, definitely would love to look at, you know, maybe running some more of Outlaws, uh, you know, on the, on the pro side there. Uh, just a lot of, you know, different stuff you can do on here. I mean, a lot of guys get on here and they get bored really easily. I just, I just love to race, man. But hopefully we can, we can do that and, uh, you know, get, get to Coke and hopefully uh, maybe do uh, some more of Outlaw racing too. Well, as we come to a close on this interview, Dalton, where can people go to follow you on social media and keep track of you competing for the rest of this 2022 campaign for you, whether it be, of course, the eNASCAR competition, or even if you decide to step into the world of Outlaws to go for a shot at the world championship over there? Uh, look me up on Facebook, Dalton Collins Racing. Like I said, uh, just run a small dirt team right now, uh, just uh, you know, trying to build on one guy, but looking to expand maybe uh, somewhere down the line, maybe you know, give some guys some shots, but uh you know, uh, Dalton Collins Racing on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. Uh, it's really the only two places. But I mean, uh, yeah, just uh, follow me on my on my personal, on my uh, you know racing page too. Uh, just race a lot. I mean, you can catch me on any any given race. Actually, after this, I'm gonna be racing some late models in Nashville. So it's uh it's gonna be fun. But uh, but yeah, man, that's that's really you know where you can find me. I don't do anything else. I just race, and uh, that's really what I love to do. That is, of course, Dalton Collins, competitor in the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, as well as also driver for Legacy Esports. And, of course, we appreciate your time, Dalton. Coming up after the break, we preview all things World Championships from the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup and E-NASCAR competition. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burr is here along with Justin Prince. Our producer is Wayne Owens as we are previewing what's to come in the world of iRacing esports as well as all things world championships-wise. Starting off, though, with the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. Justin, we head, of course, to the famous Belgium Forest as we head to Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps this Saturday on April 23rd, starting around 1.30 with, of course, the All-Stars with the action for the pros at 3 o'clock. And none other than Diego Pinto, who, mind you, Justin, has yet to pick up a win this championship season. He's got the best average finish out of any driver in this season, completing five top fives and five top tens. But it's yet to pick up a win compared to his competitor of Kevin Ellis Jr., who is 21 points back. Another eight points back is Sebastian Job, who is right there along in third. Zach Campbell, of course, and Charlie Collins rounding out your top five. It's pretty much come down to, I have to say, about a four, maybe a three-horse race as this championship is coming to a close. Well, that usually is the ups and flows of a season, right? And the key thing to indicate is, he hasn't won a feature race yet, where a majority of the points, mind you, are up on offer. But the key thing is, I think, in regards to how that run for the championship has gone, he's got the best average finish by far out of anyone who's in the conversation. He hasn't led too many laps, but he's been able to finish up front almost every time. He started up front almost every time. He's finished in the top 10, five of the six rounds. He's finished inside the top five, five of the six rounds. It has been the type of campaign where you can point at Diego Pinto and say, this is the picture of consistency. 
And that's the tough thing if your drivers like Kevin Ellis Jr., who started very slow. Remember, the opening round was a part of those who struggled early. Or Sebastian Job, you can throw in, struggled early. Had to really claw his way back in the conversation. Has slipped a lot the past couple rounds, it seems. Zach Campbell had to fight hard to get his footing. He's trying to catch back up. The only driver really who's been consistently there towards the end of almost every round, sprint or feature, has been Diego Pinto. And there's a reason. He's the championship leader. That's it. It certainly is. And of course, there is only going to be, of course, after, of course, the action at Spa, three more rounds. Of course, the next round is at the Nürburgring. We're running the combined circuit. So it's, of course, the GP and, of course, the Nürburgring Nordschleife as they will see the action on May 7th. Then we head, of course, to the hallowed grounds of Le Mans, where Porsche has been absolutely a dominant platform competing at that famous circuit on May 21st. Monza will be the championship finale on June the 4th. And I got to say, these four rounds in the championship, including Spa, of course, that'll happen this weekend, is going to be a test of just how well the straight line speed, the drafting, because these are four very particular tracks where drafting will come into major overtime for these competitors. In four different ways, if you could really factor then. But even then, when it comes to most of these racetracks, in fact, I should say all of them, they all have unique characteristics, which will challenge each of the championship contenders in regards to being able to enter the corners in particular in the technical sections. Spa, I consider a rhythm track because, yes, you have high speeds, sectors one and three. But to be able to be quick in sector three in particular, you have to nail sector two. You mess up that middle portion of the track where you have the technical turns, you're going backwards. The Nürburgring, Dodger Ho, absolutely going to be huge when it comes to the speed. The front straightaway, heading off into the arena section. That, I think, is going to be critical. But at the same time, you have about nearly a half a, at least nearly 50, I should rather say, hard braking zones you have to factor in to get yourself to the drafting sections. You have to survive those parts of the track. Then you talk about the French countryside. The run up the Molsine straight is going to be absolutely critical, I think, for drivers throughout the entire event to play nice and think smart. At the same time, once you get towards some of the end of those straightaway sections, you have to be able to make the ebbs and flows to set yourself up for the final corners heading to the start and finish line. And of course, Monza, high speed, of course, but heartbreaking zones to the end of those respective high speed sections where you'll be drafting yourself in. And as we've seen in the history of the series, lots of contact tends to happen in the opening corner at Monza. It certainly does, and we'll have to see who will be able to survive all of these four tracks later on this season. Could we see Diego Pinto get a win before this season is over? Well, we'll have to find out. Of course, tune in on April 23rd, starting at 1.30 with the All-Stars kicking off the action, and then at 3 o'clock for the pros once again, as we now turn, of course, to the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. We already talked about the Bristol Dirt Race and the championship action going on here, and Justin, I have to say... Seeing this season, a lot of people before the season started were expecting the up-and-coming rookies to be an absolute dominant factor in this championship. But looking through the championship, at least those who are going to be competing in the playoffs later this season, there's only one driver who returned from the, of course, the Contender Series last year. 
and that is, of course, Colin Keister. Everyone else who's inside that top 10 was a competitor during the previous championship in 2021. Colin Keister is the only driver who's not really showcased any, who's showcased that speed. Some of these other drivers who everyone was talking about, such as Donovan Strauss sitting in 30th position, Liam Brotherton sits in 24th, Colin Bowden 21st. I mean, what do you think could be the reason behind some of these competitors? I mean, Parker Retzlap, Caden Honeycutt, 34th and 38th in the championship. Bordeaux, 39th. Derek Justice in 40th. What do you think could be the issue, you think, behind some of these drivers just absolutely struggling compared to what we saw them running during the Road to Pro and Contender Series? It's a massive step up even when you consider things because, yes, there are some drivers who can go in and immediately to see from the get-go, Mitchell Leon, for example, a couple of years ago. But it it's a type of series where experience as well as composure is critical, and that's the tough thing. I think for almost all the drivers you mentioned there, they haven't had great track position, they've been involved in the attrition early, and in some cases, they've been involved in the first major incident and haven't really been able to showcase much speed past lap two. And obviously the main thing you have to think about, Taylor, is if you're going to be fast on the racetrack, you can't be involved in the trouble. And that's the tough thing when it comes to each of the names you just suggested there and mentioned there. Take, for example, Caden Honeycutt, someone who's rising up to the real world ranks, got some experience recently when it comes to Martinsville. His average start's been in the 20s and 30s, 33rd to be precise. You bring someone up like Donovan Strauss. One of the major things in the qualifying side he qualified towards the front. It was talked about by Dalton, usually want to be around top 12, and that's where a majority of the drivers who have been able to cut through some of the traffic have been able to get themselves ahead outside of maybe a Michael Guest. 16.8 for Donovan Strauss, for example. He has had an incident in every single race this season. You're not going to be able to contend for a championship, let alone a playoff spot, if you're involved in a lot of trouble, and that's the tough thing. But the rookies, I think they're learning is if you don't nail qualifying, it's a very tough hill to climb. And I think just about all the rookies, outs or even the people from the contender series are learning. They've got to get qualifying down if they're going to be able to stay top 20, I think, or contend. Colin Keister, who had some of the most experience, I think, out of a lot of the drivers coming in in terms of recent scene experience at Coke level is showcasing how he showcased his speed a couple years ago. Certainly is the case, and we'll have to see how some of these drivers will be able to because we have some tracks coming up on the schedule that will definitely test the might. Dover, of course, is the next round of the season, uh, round six at on April 26th. Along followed next will be Kansas, Charlotte, and a new track to the schedule. Of course, the first time the NASCAR Cup Series will head, of course, to the Worldwide Technology Raceway, formerly known as Gateway, on May 31st for the eNASCAR Series. And then, of course, round number 10 will be at the Nashville Super Speedway. So these different styles of oval racing, we have, of course, the two mile and a half with the asphalt. We have a couple of, of course, concrete jungles, of course, such as Dover and Nashville. And of course, the newest addition, Gateway, which never has seen eNASCAR or real world NASCAR Cup Series competition, makes its debut in these next few rounds. What can we expect from some of the drivers of how to ha go about handling this? Well, Dover, of course, is a track where there's been plenty of experience at over the years in its various iterations. 
I think that track's not going to be as difficult compared to some of the others. I think you have to put a star next to tracks like Nashville in Worldwide Technology Raceway, though, because a lot of the competitors may not have too much experience. For some, their first experience at the track may have been last year's All-Star festivities, for example, at Nashville, and trying to learn that initial iteration and first few iterations of the next-gen car before its final development phase. When it comes to Worldwide Technology Raceway, I think it's going to be an intriguing time for preparation, in particular, Taylor. So in other words, if you're any of those drivers who want to be able to win, you've got to learn, I think, the new tracks in particular. And I think at that point, you've got to think about who's been able to adapt the most when it comes to this car. It's going to be tough, I think, to beat some of the contenders, in particular drivers like Michael Conti or Nick Oninger, who have showcased the speed from the get-go. I think they'll have a decent amount of preparation based on the various projects outside the series. Anyone who's gotten any experience of those types of racetracks outside of co-competition, I think has the upper hand. Well, we'll have to find out and see. We'll come out on top later on this year. Of course, we'll find out starting at Dover on April 26th on all of iRacing and NASCAR streaming services. Well, with that, it's time that we come to a close, but we'll be back next week for more of the iRacers download. So for tonight, for, of course, Justin Prince and our special guest, Dalton Collin, our producer for the night, Wayne Owens, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media.